G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Now, I'm really curious to know about this uh, blog that you've released recently called Resurrection Sunday and the difference it makes. And you've highlighted some great faith stories in this blog. Tell us all about it. Yeah, well, obviously we just celebrated uh, Easter and all that it means. So uh, I've written actually uh, probably three or four pieces, I think, just on uh, uh, the resurrection and all the rest over the last few days. But yeah, this one looks at five, well, mostly famous individuals, most of them all hardcore atheists who rejected God and Christ. But because of the resurrection, because of the in you know the the lack of uh, you know how can you deny something as important as this the the resurrection it's just too much uh, evidence too many witnesses so because of that uh, a lot of these hardcore atheists came around to Christ and I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis of course well known from the Narnia series uh, books like Mere Christianity uh, the Screw Tape Letters oh, I reckon there should be a movie made or a TV series made of the screw tape letters wouldn't that be awesome hey yes uh, <laughs> absolutely they've certainly done uh, movies of the narnia series and movies of his life but yeah screw tape letters would be great now tell us a bit about uh, what what uh, comments you've made about cs lewis in this blog yeah, well, we know this great Christian apologist was uh, not always a Christian. Uh, in fact, he was quite proud as an atheist for many years. The Oxford and Cambridge prof uh, was quite uh, convinced that there was no God, certainly no Jesus and resurrection, and he was quite proud of that for a long time. And yet, as he tells us in his book, Surprised by Joy, uh, God's really not fair. He's always laying traps for the unsuspecting atheist, right? There might be a Bible line open somewhere you stumble upon or some great works of literature that Lewis loved. They would talk about Jesus and Easter and resurrection. And uh, everywhere it turned, uh, he turned, it seemed there was more stuff about this Jesus. So eventually he did give in and, of course, became one of our great Christian leaders and apologists. So his story is just one of, well, millions, really, of people who were convicted by the evidence and uh, had their lives turned around. And one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes, he said, I can forgive the inexcusable in others because Christ forgave the inexcusable in me. Uh, certainly a, a powerful quote about forgiveness there. Certainly love his writings. Now, another um, you know, famous Christian you've mentioned in your blog is Chuck Colson. Tell us about him. Yep, uh, another famous guy most of your listeners know about, obviously, the Watergate hatchet men under the uh, Nixon administration in Washington, uh, finally thrown in jail for his crimes and misdemeanors. But just before he was sent to prison, uh, he did have an encounter with Christ um, and uh, spent the rest of his life as well uh, serving Christ, uh, started prison fellowship, of course, since he had this time in jail. 
he really had a passion for uh, prisoners and those who were languishing in prison. So he helped uh, lead many to Christ all around the world. So he is another one who, a hard-nosed fellow, didn't have time for religion. But uh, one famous quote, if I can, from him, he said this, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it. Uh, Twelve men testified that they had been with Jesus and that he was raised from the dead, and they proclaimed that truth for 40 years. Everyone was tortured, beaten, stoned, put in prison. They would not have endured that if it wasn't true. And he goes on to say Watergate had 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. So you're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Impossible. So he was, again, convinced of the power of the resurrection and of changed lives. A great quote. And, uh, of course, he launched Prison Fellowship, which is uh, international now all over the world, ministering to prisoners. Uh, What a a, a great man of God. Uh, Now, another Interesting um, uh, person you've mentioned in your blog is Anthony Flew. Tell us about him. Yeah, well, if you know your present-day hardcore atheists, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, well, before them, uh, there was Anthony Flew. He wrote something like 30 books, uh, philosophy uh, or philosopher, uh, hardcore atheist. He was the go-to man. If you wanted to debunk or disprove Christianity, you went to Antony Flew. But the same thing with him. He started looking at the evidence. He started to see, you know, the claims of Christ and so on. And eventually he had to say, I, I was wrong. In fact, he wrote a whole book by that title. Uh, you know, there is a God. I was wrong. So he renounced his atheism. And of course, plenty of fellow atheists. That's well, it's like treason, right? Apostasy. How dare you leave atheism and embrace theism? So uh, an amazing turnaround got his fellow atheists very upset. And really the incredible thing, the last chapter of his book uh, is actually a chapter on the resurrection of Christ by the New Testament scholar Tom Wright. So he was so uh, convinced by the argument of Wright that he even allowed that chapter in his book. Now, he died before he perhaps was able to make the whole move over to Christianity, but he was well on the way. So uh, another amazing story, hardcore atheist sees the light. Reminds me a bit of Lee Strobel, who was the uh, yeah. the uh, journalist who you know tried to prove that Christ didn't rise from the dead. And after yes. researching it, found out it was correct and he's become a Christian. And of course, The Case yeah. for Christ is a famous book and movie. So uh, fantastic. Now, another one you mentioned here. Now, if my son saw this, he would think it's Tom Holland who played Superman in the Marvel. It's <laughs> yes, a different yes. Tom Holland that you're talking about here, I'm assuming. <laughs> it is, yes, yes. A uh, British historian, a uh, well-known historian, written a lot of important books on history. Uh, but he's another one who seems to find that wherever he looks, uh, Christianity seems like the worldview that he has to embrace, whether he's fully gone over to becoming a biblical Christian yet, I'm not quite sure, but he's written a whole book called Dominion, in which he says, look, there would be no Western society, there would be no 
world that we know it if it were not for Christianity. Uh, it wasn't the Greeks and Romans or the Enlightenment. It was Christ and Christianity that made our world. So uh, again, and I mentioned Tom uh, Wright, he did an interview with him as well, talking about Jesus and the resurrection. So again, uh, whether you're a historian, philosopher, a politician, hardcore uh, criminal, a la Watergate, uh, people's lives are being transformed. And the last one you've mentioned there, I haven't heard of this guy. I'm curious to find out about him. Barney Zwartz. Tell us about him. Yeah, well, he's actually an Aussie, a uh, longtime journalist with the Age, Sydney Morning Herald. I think he's now associated with the Presbyterian Church. Uh, but he had a piece just over Easter weekend saying, well, the title was, after years of sneering, I actually read the Bible and became a Christian. That's not bad advice, right? Everybody can attack Christianity and the Bible. Most of these guys have never read the Bible, are only attacking straw men and going after red herrings. So when Barney actually looked at the Bible itself, the Gospels, he said, wow, this is credible. This is real deal stuff. And uh, yeah, he became a Christian. So again, the age, uh, Sydney Morning Herald, not exactly newspapers today known for their pro-Christian stance, but he was able to get that piece published there. So another life turned around by the guy who rose from the dead. Mm, I did see that article floating around on Facebook uh, this week, actually. Fantastic yep. to see uh, you know, some Australian mainstream media posting about the gospel. It's a, it's yeah. a, a surprise. It's good to see. Uh, now, I'm, so if people want to check out that blog, I certainly encourage people to uh, have a look at that one. It's uh, uh, released at uh, billmuhlenberg.com. Uh, you can search it up there, a great little article called Resurrection Sunday and the Difference It Makes. Now, another one you've released, I, I skimmed through it this morning, Bill, and I was a bit surprised to see that uh, you, you have been watching TV shows like The Housewives <laughs> hey. and uh, Botched. Uh, is, is, are you uh, admitting that you watch these shows, Bill? <laughs> hey, uh, I'm a regular, you know. Hey, now, uh, watch this bearing false witness stuff. I, I think I said I was flicking through the channel. Oh, I see. So, yeah. yeah, you know. You I know. may have taken uh, it out of context there. Well, yeah. uh, a few minutes here, a few minutes. It doesn't take long, by the way, to get the gist of these shows, right? Yeah. And they're all the same. Uh, I mentioned two of them, the housewives of, you know, it seems every city has got a housewives of and it's the same thing a bunch of rich narcissistic women who get together drink a lot of champagne argue a lot have big parties and it seems you know that's the extent of their life and mm. i'm contrasting you know what's depicted there on these reality tv shows with uh, well other people and as you say the other one botched really all about surgery and you know a cos well cosmetic surgery it can have its place horrible fire and you need to kind of fix things that's one thing but of course so many people today it's all about trying to get the look trying to look like some uh, unreal creature whether uh, you know breast enlargement you name it all the botox treatment so again i just thought wow there's so many people what are they living for right their whole thing is to get the look and well come on they're not going to live forever they're not going to be young and attractive forever they really should think about more important things in life so yeah i i introduce my piece with those pieces but only to talk about other more serious things including one quite amazing story of a man from texas now i'm i've had a little bit of a skim through the that article there and i just want to say firstly you know i'm, I'm actually preparing a series called 
imperfect disciples. And uh, I'm preaching about discipleship, you know, and this this actually really ties in because, you know, the reality is there's many people who are Christians, who call themselves Christians, and and they're living a life of hedonism. Uh, They're living a life of it's all about me, me, me. And, you know, we we know the scriptures clearly say, if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You know, being a Christian is dying to yourself, which is completely opposite to the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what I say in my piece. I mean, you expect a bunch of pagans to live a pretty empty, pretty vain life, right? Just seeking for fun and pleasure and party, party, party. That's all the world is. But sadly, you think, boy, there's a lot of Christians who kind of live the same way. You know, they might go to church once a week, uh, maybe open the Bible now and then, maybe pray, especially when things get tough. But otherwise, you kind of ask, well, are they really living a life that's a whole lot different from any Joe non-Christian, right? So I think we all can challenge ourselves and say, God, is the life I'm living, as Ravenel put it, is it worth your dying for, right? You gave everything for me. How can I not return the favor? Mm. And so, I mean, the, the point of this blog, you know, you ask the question, what are you living for? Are you living yep. uh, with a purpose in life? And, yeah, you, you, you touch on uh, this guy from Texas. Just unpack that for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, an amazing story, actually. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if he's a Christian. Uh, he certainly talks about God and purpose. I'm referring to a, a fellow by the name of Paul Alexander. He's unique. Uh, there's nobody like him in the entire world because, as far as I know, he is the only guy still living in an iron lung. Now, hopefully you're... Listeners, you know, recall that polio victims and others, they couldn't breathe on their own. So they'd be put in this huge machine with their head sticking out, which helps them to breathe. Otherwise, they would die. And many polio victims did die early. So they don't really make iron lungs anymore. But this guy, born 1946, I believe, six-year-old boy, got polio straight away into an iron lung. Now, how's your math? Uh, I was born in 53, right? If if it's a struggle, you don't have a calculator. I'm 70 years old. In 1952, this guy as a six-year-old put in an iron lung. He's alive today. So over 70 years. Imagine that, your whole life in an iron lung. And yet, what did he do? He went on to get three degrees, including a law degree. He was a lawyer for a while, all all was in an iron lung. He even wrote a book, right? He made a little kind of thing, a device. He could click on his keyboard. The only thing that would move was his head, right? He had nothing else. Mm. And yet, 70-plus uh, years, and I've got a few quotes. There is a, a video you can watch of him. So I went through, and I got two really good quotes uh, and if you can't, I'll, I'll just give you these two quick quotes. You can find the video, but it's amazing stuff. I mean, how would you feel if you were in this situation? Mm. One of his quotes, he says this, you know what? These people kept saying, you're going to die. You're going to die. Why don't you just die? Well, I didn't die. God didn't want me to die. So I kept living. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty good. amazing. But this next quote, I think is just, again, it ties into what this whole piece is about. He said this, you know, I get up in the morning and I say, what can I do to accomplish something? Mm. I look at people and I just want to say, why are you here? What is the purpose in your life? What do you do to make things better? Because that's the way I think. Uh, 
And if I don't have a purpose that day, I'll create one. And then I proceed. I mean, like I say, anybody could, you know, you get a flat tire, you burn your toast, you're ready to give up on God, you're ready to give up on life, right? Here's a guy, 70 plus years in an iron lung. Every day he wakes up and he says, I got to have a purpose. I got to have a meaning. Mm. I'm here to help other people. Mm. And I think, wow, if this guy who may not be a believer can say stuff like that, I mean, what about us? We've got Christ in us, the hope of glory. And yet, as I say, we get through a little trial, a little tribulation. We're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to give up. Come on, we need to get real. We need to study the life of people like this. So the link is there. Watch the video. And, uh, you know, we ask ourselves, why am I here? What am I living for? It's such an important thing to ask, you know, what, what is the purpose that God has created us for? You know, we've all got spiritual gifts, we've all got a yep. calling, we've all got something that, uh, you know, God's given us to make the world a better place, to help mm. build up the church, to help win souls, to, you know, to you know care for the poor, whatever it is. We're all called to do something, uh, yep. and, you know, we've got to make sure we find our purpose. Um, Amen. Well, I love the, uh, the premise of this article. It's called Living with Adversity and Purpose. And uh, it just reminds me, uh, Bill, of uh, Nick Vujicic, um, yeah. well-known Aussie yeah. Christian, born with no arms and no legs. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was suicidal as a teenager. And then he, he came to Christ, and now he's preached to millions around the world and yeah, yeah. met presidents. He's been on TV shows. You know, he's been on 60 Minutes. And, uh, you know, he, he wrote a book called No Arms, No Legs, No Worries, you know, because, <laughs> you know, even though he doesn't have arms and legs, he knows that God's got a purpose for him. He's married with kids now, you know. And, you yeah. know, we need we need to... It brings things into perspective for us uh, when we hear stories like this, doesn't it? Amen. Mm. Certainly does. Mm. Absolutely. Well, if people want to find out more, they can go to the website billmuhlenberg.com or they can search up Culture Watch, a great article called What Are You Living For? Living with Adversity and Purpose uh, from Bill Muhlenberg. It's always a privilege to have you on the radio every week, mate. Thank you so much for your time today. Many thanks, Matt. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.